It all started back way back in the 1920s. North America was starting to get onto the wheels. People were starting to buy things due to the explosion of the economy. The roaring 20s had created a marketplace for people to buy just about anything their hearts desired. And with that, inner cities with their small little cobblestone streets all set up for horse and wagon and pedestrian traffic were now being converted to motorized vehicles. And because of that, we now needed a way to get products from one side of the city to the other side of the city without the use of horse and buggy. In comes Mr. Henry Ford with his Model T. And with it, a desire to hit every single marketplace that he could see fit for his product. Sedans, coupes, flat decks, pickup trucks, and with it, due to the fact that the Model T was still considered an automobile and a car at that, Model T was never considered a truck, and with that it became the first crossover utility vehicle of the world. Say hello to the CUT marketplace and the explosion that is about to commence in the 21st century. Autoworks.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Hi, welcome back to Autolooks Autopod. I am your host, the doctor to the car, Mr. Everett J himself. And today we are taking a look at the next wave of commercially viable trucks for inner city travel. Yes, we're talking about the crossover utility truck marketplace that is soon going to be taking over the streets within major cities. Now with people moving into major cities and more urbanization happening around the world, people are looking at a way to get their products here, there, and everywhere. Well, full-size pickup trucks are not available everywhere. Canada, US, Mexico, China, and in a few occasional places in Europe, full-size trucks can be picked up. Full marketplaces only exist in Canada, US, Mexico, and China for full-size trucks. Nowhere else in the world do they have have full-scale, full-size truck marketplaces, but they do have mid-size, and they also have the crossover utility truck marketplace. Central and South America, Europe, and including Australia utilize this, and inclusive Japan highly uses the crossover utility truck marketplace for their product. And this all comes way back from the 1920s with the Ford Model A Roadster pickup truck from 1927. Yes, this little truck was essentially a car with a box on it. It wasn't a full-scale truck. Model T trucks were more truck style. They were built up in heavier platforms. They were flat decks built as trucks, and they helped spawn the transport and truck marketplace, the F-Series, the Ford Cargo Series, where the Model A pickup truck helped spawn something else. But given the fact of the breakout of the war, not everybody was into the truck marketplace. And by the 30s and 40s, with so much stuff being spent on the war effort, this marketplace seemed to fall back. But there were still a few manufacturers out there, including Studebaker and Mercedes. Yes, Mercedes had their own intercity truck. In 1955, Mercedes-Benz 170D with a truck box on it. Yes, we were talking of the 50s. Studebaker had one in the 30s and 40s with the delivery truck or the Coupe Express. Now, the Coupe Express had an, a fully integrated box on the sedan platform where the Coupe delivery was essentially a rumble seat turned into a truck box. 
trucks. These were products that were being needed. As not all manufacturers were building trucks and trucks weren't a major marketplace for them, really wasn't until the 50s that trucks became something other than a commercial vehicle. But the truck marketplace was breaking apart. We needed intercity trucks and we needed full-size trucks. We needed a commercially viable truck for the commercial industry and we also needed things for suburban people. And by the 50s, Mercedes, Mercury Meteor brand, Australia's Ford and Holden divisions, and the birthright in the North American marketplace, the company that held the title the longest of CUT truck built in the North American marketplace, the Ford Ranchero was born. And the glorious days of the 50s. Yes to all you Chevy heads out there. The El Camino is not the original and the El Camino is not the guy who created the crossover utility truck marketplace. The Ranchero didn't create it, but it was the first commercially successful CUT in the North American marketplace. And by the 60s, Chevy couldn't let them have it. The Ford Ranchero spawned a few variants. They had the Ford Falcon. Now, if we all remember, the Ford Falcon platform was also used to underpin the original 1964 and a half Mustang as well. Pretty versatile product. So the fact that it had sedan, coupe, station wagon, and now a truck model. Kind of like what Volkswagen did with the Beetle, the microbus. They built the coupe. They built the van. They built the sedan. They're doing everything on the same platform. Well, Ford did that with the Falcon. And the Ranchero helped build that marketplace. And like we said, this is a marketplace that went everywhere. But into the 60s, things started getting a little different. And the cab over pickup truck from Dodge, Chevrolet, and Ford gave birth to a new style of CUT trucks. Cab over truck. As shown in the Chevrolet Corvair ramp side below, the Chevrolet ramp side was one of those cab over trucks. It was a new markup plate. This was putting a truck box on a van, but it's still classified as a crossover utility truck. It was a CUT, or you want to call it, essentially back then there was no utility with them. They were just a CT, a crossover truck. Because it was a cross between a minivan in the 60s, but essentially the biggest marketplace for that were car based ones. Move across the pond and go over to Toyota. Toyota used, they had the Crown Pick, which was used highly in the Japanese marketplace. Now there it had the Crown Sedan, and like we said, with the Ford Falcon being used for every single product out there, sedans, coupes, trucks, station wagons, Toyota did the same. Holden started doing it for the General Motors division. Holden still holds the rights that the Ute was the biggest, baddest boy of all of them, but the Ford Falcon had a truck box as well. Well, everybody was getting in. Chrysler had the Valiant Wayfarer in Australia. Australia became a big marketplace for them because mid-sized trucks hadn't made their way in there. In North America, we still we actually had full-size pickup trucks with the F-Series taking off during the 50s and full-size pickup trucks being cemented as a working horse for farmers, for workmen, for contractors across North America. But in other places like Europe, Australia, and Asia, the CUTs were taking off. They didn't need full-size trucks because in those marketplaces, people didn't have a need for a big, burly V8 pickup truck to haul everything, especially in Australia, which at that time had less than 10 million people. They did not need giant trucks for a small population. So they used small inner city vehicles and big transports to cross the country. The original all-terrain vehicle, Jeep entered the ring with the Jeepster. Like I said, the 60s were a time, an explosion of so many different segments and marketplaces for every single product out there. You know, SUVs were taking off, muscle cars were taking off, sports cars were taking off, supercars were being invented, and crossover utility trucks were exploding. The markets were expanding, just like they did into the 90s. New products, new markets, new ways 
for these trucks to move out. And by the 70s, we started seeing that some of these companies started kicking the bucket and giving up on their products. The Ford Ranchero, the Chevrolet El Camino, all had a place. And even Cadillac entered it with the Cadillac Mirage pickup truck. Yes, Cadillac had a truck in the 70s. But like we said, there's a different class for everything. There were segments in the 70s that people looked at to get into and nobody had ever entered the luxury ring. Now, we do say that when Mercedes did it, but Mercedes only sold their 170Ds to commercial people. They weren't for personal use. They were used for contractors, for people to get their stuff in and around. And by the late 70s, a little thing in North America called the chicken tax came into effect. We're selling a truck here. Made it nearly impossible for anyone to enter this marketplace. Well, in comes this little company, barely even heard of from Japan, and they found a way around it. They used at that time a car base, which originally spawned into the legacy. They made the Subaru Brat. And the original Subaru Brats had two rearward facing seats in the back of it. They classified it as a motor vehicle, not a truck. Because of the rearward facing seats, it classified as a car, not a truck. So they managed to find a way to tiptoe around the chicken tax to get the Brat into the North American marketplace. Now, CUTs were this little keyhole because they could be classified as trucks but they're built off car based platforms so as a way to get around the chicken tax same thing was used when honda built the ridgeline as you gotta remember the ridgeline is built off the acura mdx honda odyssey platform yes it's built off a minivan and an suv platform like i said so many companies underpinned so many different products with so many different things that brat went on spawned a few variants and that marketplace started shrinking for the big three it was growing for the japanese but because the North American companies were retracting their CUTs, and by the late 80s, the El Camino, the Ranchero, and the very short-lived Dodge Rampage died out, giving way to mid-size marketplace. Tie-up between Ford and Mazda created the B-Series and Ranger. Tie-up between Chrysler and Mitsubishi created the Ram 100, which eventually became the Dodge Dakota. And Chevrolet just said the hell with it, they made the S10, because they were going to sell it everywhere else in the world, which they still do. Ford never gave up on that. Go to the Middle East, you can find a little product called the Ford Pampa. They also have the Ford Courier. Take a look for them. They're sold in other places in the world. Like we said, by the late 80s, a lot of these were dying out. And through the 80s, they had a lot of weird stuff. You go to South America, you'll find the Ford one, F1000, and they're just essentially a minivan with a little truck box on it. Very weird looking. Very neat. Take a look at them. Just go, just go below. Go to our website, www.autolux.net. Go to the podcast page for this podcast. Take a look at them. We put pictures up of all the, a lot of the things we talk about. Moving into the 90s. Like we said, the 90s was the explosion of the industry again. The 90s were like, like the 20s and like the 50s. And it was an explosion of brand new products. People had money. The economy was booming. Everybody wanted everything. It was the last, essentially the last heyday for the automobile. Because by the 2000s, people started getting out of cars, moving into cities, commuting. And by the 2010, 2010s, people are getting an Uber and Lyft. Now we're into the 2020s with coronavirus scare and people being staying home. That's people buying vehicles. We don't know where it's going. But in the 90s, things started ramping up again. Holden was shooting up. They had the Maloo. They had the Crewman Cross. Sassyong created the Musso Sport. They're all 
entering this market. The crossover utility truck is starting to explode, starting to take off. And by the late 90s and early 2000s, when the market was at its biggest and at its highest, and the SUV craze was just starting out, people looked at everything that was big, it's burly, and could get it their hands on. Along comes Hummer with the H2T. Because the original H1 had a little box on it. Stupid little thing you can fit a barbecue in. That's about it. But you have to remember the original CUT marketplace for these big burly vehicles with a very unuseful box came from the Lamborghini LM001 built for the military. Fully integrated unibody truck. People started looking at it saying this could save us some money. They're more fuel economy. And the better fuel economy than full size pickup truck. But then you get the likes of Chevrolet who says no, 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 no. We're not bringing back the El Camino. That's, that's too girlish. Small crossover utility trucks. The market is looking for bigger and better. People want excess. The Hummer H3T. Lincoln turns the Navigator into a pickup truck, just like they did with the, the Ford Explorer when they created the Explorer Sport Track with a box on it. They decided to do it with the Lincoln Navigator and make the Blackwood an unusable truck box, except for luggage and golf clubs. So it's a truck you can't use as a truck. Then we get Chevrolet releasing the SSR. Hey, let's put a Camaro engine into a truck. Once the top was down, the truck box was pretty much useless, but the damn thing did turn some heads. We gotta remember, this is a time when the PT Cruiser was around too. Weird retro thing. The Ford Falcon's still going. The Holden Ute's still going. Subaru decides to bring back the, the Baja, which is essentially the new version of the Brat. Chevy enters the full-framed SUV. Crossover utility truck marketplace creates a brand new market for full-size ones with the Avalanche. And then creates the Cadillac EXT. These things are exploding. And then we get into 2007, right before the meltdown in 2008. And right at the last minute, they're starting to say, hey, maybe the El Camino market is viable in North America again. It's viable everywhere else. In Europe, it's huge. They got the freaking Volkswagen Severo. They got the Ford Courier. They got the Fiat Strata, the Peugeot Hogger. They got these things everywhere. Let's bring it back to North America. Let's do it sports style, though. Let's let's bring the Holden because a Holden can't come back as a Chevy, even though it is. We got to make it a Pontiac. And Pontiac decides at the last minute to bring back the G8 ST. Since the G8 was built off the Commodore platform, the Ute is built off the same platform. They decided to bring the G8 ST here. They create the concept, they show it, and then all of a sudden a financial crisis happens in 2008, bringing down the entire plans to revive the mid size CUT market. Now the Explorer Sport Track is still kicking, and the H2T is alive until the Hummer brand dies out. Across the pond, the fall. Ute is going and has its chassis. Peugeot Hogger, Fiat Strata, Volkswagen Severo moving to Mexico and that Fiat Strata becomes a Ram 700. They're getting more and more crossover utility truck. Now with the 2008 financial crisis, gas is shooting through the roof. Honda looks at this and says, we have been trying to get in the truck market forever. And now that gas is shooting through the roof, why would we come out with a mid-sized truck market? By this time, Chevy is about to dump Canyon in Colorado because mid-sized trucks don't make them any money. Ford's dumping the Ranger. They're the last to do it and Dodge has already dumped the Dakota. Mazda's pulled out with the BT. Nissan and Toyota are the only ones kicking around in the midsize marketplace with the Frontier and the Tacoma. And then along comes Honda. So we're going to bring out a truck and they surprise everyone with the Ridgeline. A brand new crossover utility truck that's built on the same platform as a Honda Odyssey and an Acura MDX. Full frame unibody pickup truck amazing i had a buddy that had one of these like the tailgate could flip down it could flip over you had storage space in the box the unfortunate thing is in the box if you put anything in the storage space if you got a fully loaded with lumber and then you got a flat you got to pull everything out to get to that and that's the only issue but like they got lots of space they could still put stuff in it you can't actually fit a quad in the back that's the max payload capacity but you can't do it 
And dirt bikes. Honda builds dirt bikes. They build lawnmowers. They build generators. You can put everything in here. But people look at it and say it's not a truck. Even myself, I said it wasn't a truck. It's not a truck. It's a unibody vehicle. It's a crossover utility truck. The marketplace is coming back. Fast forward a few years. Hyundai says they want to create a truck. Kia says they want to create a truck. But Kia goes into the midsize marketplace. But due to the financial crisis, Kia pulls out. Hyundai says we have the Santa Fe. Santa Fe is a big enough platform. We can build a competitive to the Honda Ridgeline. Santa Cruz concept comes out. The CUT marketplace is looking a little more pristine now ford's looking at it and saying hey maybe we should do that we should create something underneath the ranger we'll call it the f50 dodge is looking at it they're considering bringing back the dakota but now that the mid-size marketplace has come back they're going to do the dakota and leave the cut marketplace alone but fiat can do it you ever seen a toro a fiat toro the CUT marketplace is alive in South America and Europe still. You get the Fiat Toro. Yeah, the Renault Duster Oroch, Volkswagen Severo. There is still products out there. The Fiat Toro also acts doubles as a Ram 1000. Sassyang has the new Muso. Dacia has a little coach belt company. Builds a Duster with a box on it. Essentially helps spawn the Duster Oroch. The Fiat Strata has moved into the Ram 700. Volkswagen has the Severo still. So you still get some of these products. Peugeot is pulled out from the Hogger. Ford is shut down. Australia is dead. By the end of this decade, 2018, Ford doesn't produce anything in Australia. Toyota doesn't produce anything in Australia. And in 2020, it is announced that Holden, the entire Holden Corporation, is being pulled. The Commodore and Commodore Ute will never return. Ford Falcon Ute will never return. The Ute market seems to be disappearing from the Australian marketplace because there's nobody that builds those things. In Japan, all of their products, the closest thing that comes to it is the Land Cruiser 70. Volkswagen has dumped the Severo. Only South America is starting to seem possible. By 2018, Ford Holden has been cut. Gas in North America blowing up. It reaches almost a dollar eighty in Vancouver, British Columbia. They nearly hit four dollars a gallon in the state. It's getting crazy. But people in suburban areas still want trucks. Talk to minivan people. They say you don't need a truck because you can store everything in it. But how about you? I like to put the stuff behind me and my family and still be able to haul my family. Crossover utility trucks are starting to seem more plausible. Ford and Volkswagen team up together. Volkswagen wants to bring a truck to North America. But because Ford owns the Ranger territory, they don't want them in it. They don't want the Amarok coming over here. Volkswagen says we're going to use the Atlas and build a CUT to go into that marketplace to compete with the Ridgeline. Hyundai says the Santa Cruz is going to be coming here. Unibody going to go up against them. Dodge is really considering keeping the Toro, bringing Fiat Toro over here as the Ram 1000, which is available in the Mexican marketplace. All of these companies are now starting to look at it. And now, with the coronavirus hitting us and bringing us to our knees... The crossover utility market is starting to see and starting to feel like it's going to start moving again. When full-size trucks, when this thing is over and gas explodes, blows up in our face, full-size trucks are going to be deemed as excess again. And until a viable renewable source of energy via electric fuel cell or the nanoflow cell, become commercially viable within the truck marketplace. Crossover utility trucks might be the little bridge between that gap. And in North America, we're starting to see more interest in the CUT marketplace. South America is blowing up with CUTs. Same with Central America. Europe is starting to see renewed interest in it as well. Australia has dumped it. And in China, full-size and mid-size trucks are starting to take off again. So CUTs are dying out in Asia and Oceania. But in South and Central America, they're exploding. With products like the Mercedes-Benz G63 AMG 6x6, Dacia Duster, pickup truck style, and so many people out there building pickups. Hell, even Lingenfelter built a pickup version of the Corvette. The CUT marketplace might have a chance. It won't 
blow up as much as the cross-track marketplace, but it still may have a place in the future. And because our future is starting to look like Uber and Lyft may be the way to go. Instead of owning our own vehicles, we either rent them, we pay a monthly fee, or we just hop in with other people. Vehicle ownership is dying out. Tiny little delivery companies are going to start to look for things like drone accessibility is a lot easier with a tiny truck and smaller area. You can move a tiny little Volkswagen Severo into back alleys in Italian towns that are nearly a thousand years old, a lot easier than a full-size or mid-size pickup truck. And with a box in it, that drone could sit on top of the vehicle, pick up your products and move it out faster and easier than it could with a van. So our future may have a place for the crossover utility marketplace. This is Ever J saying, should... The Ranchero and El Camino be coming back to North America? And should Fiat Chrysler look at bringing the Toro to North America? Yes. The cross of a utility marketplace and the expansion of the price of gas going back up within the next couple months is going to make it harder for people to afford full-size big block V8s. We are still going to have a place for big block V8s, but for personal use, going back and forth in town, we may not. And the cross of a utility truck market might just be what we are all looking for. Honda may be the answer to what we need. This is Everett J taking a look back at the crossover utility truck market and seeing how it went from nothing to everything and back down to nothing with the possibility of becoming everything again. So keep following our Twitter, Facebook, Podbeam, iTunes, Google+, Pinterest occasionally with some of our cool backgrounds that we create through the auto art division. And from all of us at Ecom. Stay tuned to www.autolux.net for all your updates on corporate websites, children's book to keep the little tykes busy during this virus pandemic, blogs, podcasts, and automotive ratings. All from the doctor of the car, Mr. Everett J. himself. So strap yourself in for one fun wild ride from autolux.net.